welcome on this morning to History in Parliament Kirk on this somber occasion. Whether you're in here in person or joining us online, you are very welcome. And just a reminder that the service today is live streamed. When Gary popped round for a coffee on Thursday, little did we know that we would end up planning for a service like this. Clearly, under any other circumstances, Gary would want to be here. But he will be leading prayers today at the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor in Michigan, and our thoughts and prayers are with him there. The service today is very much influenced by Gary's vision for it, and I know that he'll be thinking for us all and perhaps even watching. There's no Sunday club today, but there is a crash, and so you're very welcome to grab the young children after the second time. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. In time of light, in time of darkness, we gather in this place, seeking the solace of faith and to be found by the mercy of the living God. With tears and with laughter, with the memories of the long years, on this day, we share that which is good and that which brings us comfort and hope. Let us join our voices in praise for our first hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven.
God Most High, monarch of a distant kingdom, yet now near to us through Jesus Christ, we come to share our sadness and our loss, and speak of things that weigh down our hearts. In the time of parting and sorrow, your comfort reaches out towards us. In the coldness of our loss, and our sense of things never returning to how they were, we seek you out your steadiness and your comfort. In the emptiness, you fill us with love. In the darkness, you bathe us with light. Come, holy God, take from us the burden of guilt and fear, that we may walk upon your good earth, confident of your mercy, embraced by your graciousness. Forgive us, gentle God, for the words and thoughts and deeds which have made this world a little bleaker a little harsher, a little less humane. Take from us the things that cause us hurt or harm. Remove from us the impulse to selfish actions or unkind behavior. Set us free today to live lives of hope and generosity you wish for all your children. May the God of the open heart and the Christ of the gentle joy and the spirit of the embracing love grant you, each one of you, the forgiveness and freedom that enhances life and embellishes existence. Be with us all today and hear us now as we join together with Christians up and down the country and all over the world saying the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father.
Frank will be collecting as normal on Tuesday between 10 and 12 and then 7 to 8 p.m. And from today, there will be an offering collected in the church. Some very a good result at the recent Boys Brigade Coffee Morning where a magnificent sum of £1,776 was raised for well done. Next week, uh, we will be serving tea and coffee once again after the service. Um, it can't be set out until the Sunday club is finished in the lower hall and the hall cleared, so it will be ready for about 10 past 12. As Gary intimated last week, we are hoping to have a carnival next year, but we desperately need volunteers, or it's really going to be very difficult for us to run it. Um, if you'd like to be involved or to offer uh, your services, um, we really need to know by the end of September, and you can speak to Jim McLaughlin or Gary on his return. Next Saturday, we have our luxury breakfast autumn special at the West Halls between 9 and 11.30. This year, apparently, there's going to be pancakes and maple syrup, so I'm there. Um, donations will be for Mwandi. The local outreach team are once again coordinating the collection of new warm winter clothing for the Simon community and the lodging house mission. The collections are going to take place in October on the 11th, 18th and 25th. Uh, and this is going to be earlier in the year than previous collections because we've got a lot of local outreach activity going on this side of Christmas. Further details about how you can donate and which items in particular they're seeking will be shared in the near future. Uh, we saw um, Sheena and, Kresh, uh, Sheena and um, Diane going through to the crest there. They're very short of volunteers. Um, and the more volunteers we can get to help with the crest, then the less frequently you have to do it. Um, so if you're able to help in this very important aspect of our, of our worship, um, please contact Diane or the minister. Um, that would be great. And our last information is that the Christian Aid Disasters Emergency Appeal for Pakistan following the dreadful floods, um, you can give online. There's also a box at the back of the church. Please keep the work of the church in your prayers. Our gospel reading will be read for us by our session class, Jim and Beth. Today's gospel reading is from Matthew. Chapter 20, reading from verses 20 to 28, a mother's request. Then the mother of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? he asked. She said, Grant that one of these sons of mine may sit at your right, and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit on my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the te ten heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thanks be to God for his reading from his holy word. Amen. Thank you, Jim. We continue our worship by singing hymn 704, I Vow to Be My Country.
Today's lesson is preceded in the Gospel of Matthew by the parable of the workers in the vineyard. If you recall, those hired last were to be paid the same as those hired first. A clear indication of the generosity and grace of God. Despite this example, and hearing Jesus twice remark that the first shall be last and the last first, the disciples once again miss the point. And Jesus is forced to challenge their notions about prominence and authority. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Here, Jesus reveals to us that true leadership is found in serving others. True leadership is doing the work given to us with the aim of serving those for whom we are responsible, nothing else. Jesus is the ultimate example of this kind of servant, exemplified when washing his disciples' feet in the book of John. He said, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Queen Elizabeth's role as servant and her strong Christian faith have been evident throughout her life in both her words and actions. Whilst in England she was defender of the faith and supreme governor of the Church of England, in Scotland she was just a regular member of her local church. Somehow this sums up her life and faith, regal and yet humble. And today we mourn her death as a member of our National Church of Scotland. The role of service has been a prominent theme throughout her life and reign. On her 21st birthday, and recall this is someone who never expected and perhaps never wished to be queen, on this day her speech was heartfelt. I declare before you all that my life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. Once she became queen, her personal faith was evident even before she was crowned. In her 1957 Christmas speech, she asked her listeners, Pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. At her coronation, service was at the heart of perhaps the most holy moment of the proceedings, the anointing when all symbols of royal status are removed. The Queen, sitting on the throne of Edward the Confessor, under a canopy to hide the sacred moment from the cameras, was dressed in a simple white dress with no jewels or crown. As the Archbishop anointed her with oil, prayers were said over her, inviting God's Holy Spirit to set her apart as God's servant. Now there are many aspects of Queen Elizabeth's faith we could talk about today. I'm going to briefly touch on four of them. Firstly, for Queen Elizabeth, faith was a very personal thing. And she was not afraid to reveal that to us. The Reverend Sally Hitchener commented on Twitter on Friday that Queen Elizabeth, through her Christmas speeches, was the best evangelist in the UK. Priests, bishops, and professional evangelists can only dream of the authenticity and effectiveness she had in sharing her faith. The Christmas broadcasts were among the few speeches that she wrote herself and always reflected her own personal faith. In the year 2000, she said, 
For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. No one has ever had a more public role in the Queen, but she was always markedly personal in the way she discussed her faith. She continually used words like, for me, my life, and my prayer. Like all personal testimony, it is powerful and induces respect in anyone listening. This personal faith is often in contrast to politicians and others who hedge their bets and share bland platitudes about Christian values. The second aspect was her steadfast focus on Jesus Christ. In 2008, the Queen said, I hope that, like me, you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth, who, often in circumstances of great adversity, managed to live an outgoing, unselfish, and sacrificial life. He makes it clear that genuine human happiness and satisfaction lie more in giving than receiving. Four of her broadcasts focused on the parable of the Good Samaritan. In 1985, she noted that the story reminds us of our duty to our neighbour, and in 2020, a particularly dark time, that we continue to be inspired by the kindness of strangers and draw comfort that, even on the darkest of nights, there is hope in the new dawn. In 2012, she asked us to reflect that God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the centre of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. It would perhaps have been easy for someone in her position to offer a more anodyne message about thinking of others and being kind, but she was unashamed in talking directly about the person at the heart of our faith. Our third theme is inclusivity. In her 2013 speech, she noticed, the Christmas message shows us that this love is for everyone. There is no one beyond its reach. And the following year, Christ's example has taught me to seek to respect and value all people of whatever faith or none. We should acknowledge that our monarch is head of state for a very diverse group of people, including, as they noted on the radio this morning, four countries which are uh, Muslim. Her speech has always reflected its inclusivity, emphasizing that God's love is for all people, and that believing in this love should drive us to respect and value everyone, whatever they believe, the opposite to a faith which seeks to silence and destroy those who are different. Finally, and perhaps most powerfully, was Elizabeth's faith in action. In 2011, she said, Forgiveness lies at the heart of the Christian faith. It can heal broken families, it can restore friendships, and it can reconcile divided communities. It is in forgiveness that we feel the power of God's love. Although Prince Philip's uncle, Earl Mountbatten, had been assassinated by the IRA, in 2017, the Queen shook hands with Sinn Féin's Martin McGuinness, a gesture seen as a vital step in securing reconciliation between nationalists and unionists in Northern Ireland. Closer to home, in 2021, when our own family life was rocked by an interview given by Prince Harry and his wife Meghan, she responded with that same spirit of love and forgiveness, saying, Harry, Meghan and Archie will always be much loved family members. If you want to talk effectively about faith today, you cannot do so just by speaking about abstract belief. You must make a connection to what faith does this is what Gary preached on a few weeks ago when he challenged our national church to get back to washing feet. Ultimately, faith must make a difference to how we live. It must be a force which helps us to become better people. The reign of Queen Elizabeth provided us with this faith in action, and in 1957 she noted, I cannot lead you into battle. I do not give you laws or administer justice, but I can do something else. I can give you my heart, 
and my devotion. Throughout her long life, Christ's example and teaching have been acted out in the dutiful and faithful life of our servant-hearted Queen. And perhaps provides us all with the best example to follow. It seems that the prayer from the start of her reign has been answered. May our beloved Elizabeth now hear the gracious words of our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. We continue with him 734, O Christ, you wept when grief was wrought. offering for God's work will now be uplifted. Please take an opportunity for a few moments reflection on the passing of Queen Elizabeth.
everlasting Father, you are our light, guiding our steps on your path. Your word reveals that the earth is yours and everything in it. We acknowledge that everything we have belongs to you and now offer back a portion of what you have given us. May God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit prepare our journey, guide our footsteps and watch over us on every path we follow. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayers of intercession. Generous God, who engages with the world in which we live, we give you thanks that all is known to you and blessed by your eternal presence. God of the past, the present and the future, for the bedrock of faith, for the deep roots of faith, receive our thanks this day. In times of change and transformation, where we miss the familiar and long for stability, reassure us with the steadfastness of your love. Hear our thanks for this nation of ours, its people and its places, the human tapestry of old and young, different faiths and beliefs, one people. Enhance our respect for each other, trusting in the inherent goodness that each child of the universe offers to a broken world. Here are thanks today for Elizabeth, our late queen, blessed by grace, resolute in service, modest in person, for the years of her reign and the sweep of history through which she provided both anchor and springboard. We thank you for her dedication to our nation and commonwealth and for all the rich gifts of wisdom, kindness and inclusion she brought to her long decades. We give you thanks for the lives she touched, for the radiance of her smile and the encouragement of her words. We thank you for the sparkle of her humour that eased the tension she encountered and for the determination of her life to see its duties through. King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you for the families she united through her person, those near and dear to her in her home life, those brought together by the union of this kingdom, those spread throughout the commonwealth of nations so dear to her heart. For our nation at this time we pray, asking for comfort in our loss and hopefulness as we step forward into the days ahead. As our thankfulness mingles with our sadness, may we support each other and be together communities of tenderness and kindness. Sustain us with the strong memories of the past and prepare us for joyfulness in the days ahead. In the dignity of our time of grief, may we find in each other encouragement to share our tears and be consoled by remembering laughter that eases emptiness and speaks to us of life continuing in generations to come. God save our King and bless him in these days of preparation imbue him with the strength of character, the openness of heart, the suppleness of mind, and the generosity of spirit that will anoint him in the coming days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. After our final hymn, there will be a word of benediction and a threefold Amen. And then we ask you to remain standing, and we will have a minute of silence in memory of Queen Elizabeth before singing the national anthem. I'm very grateful to have Adam McAllister with us today, who will then play a lament uh, to close our service. Our final hymn is 691, Be Still My Soul.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Queen is dead. Long live the king. Uh. 